Wednesday was a per- Wednesday was a forgettable day for all U.S. soccer fans as the U.S. men's national team have failed to reach the Gold Cup final for the first time in 12 years. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep, who was down in Atlanta at the game. Ivis, definitely sad times and a very forgettable game. It was a it was a pretty shocking night all the way around, uh, not just for the U.S. team's performance, but also for the performance of American referee Mark Geiger. So from so from the players to the referee, not a good day to be an American in Atlanta. Yeah, what was the atmosphere like in the stadium, outside the stadium? I mean, you had probably a lot of just pissed off people for a lot of different reasons. Well, I, did, I mean, I, I didn't exactly go out uh, outside the stadium right after the, the U.S. match because, again, remember, that was the first of two matches uh, I'm sure there were a lot of stunned American fans that that just didn't know what to think of what happened. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, you no, know, people should not be that shocked by what happened. I mean, you know, the, we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, yeah, I mean, from that to the to the spectacle of the second game with the awful calls that we saw, uh, it was just a, it was just an ugly night all around. Yeah, Concacaf man has not been good this year either. Nightmare nightmare year for Concacaf. Yeah, definitely unfortunate. Uh, quickly, before we talk about the U.S. men's national team loss to Jamaica, we have a few things we'll be discussing on today's show. We'll go over the U.S. Open Cup, which is now in the semifinals of that. You have MLS games going on this weekend, and we'll talk a little bit, uh, some other international soccer news. But, Ivis, going back to Wednesday, U.S. loses to Jamaica. Um, there's a lot of things you can point the blame at. There's a lot of things you can say that this U.S. team failed to do. You could criticize Jurgen Klinsmann for his actions, but the reality is he put 11 players out there, and this U.S. team did not do what they needed to do against Jamaica side, who was very good on Wednesday and defeated the Americans. I mean, there's a lot to take from this loss, a lot to take from Jamaica's win. I mean, there's a lot of things going on this game on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. It, it, I know people were, were disappointed, no question, but... Uh, you can't really be that shocked because when it came down to it, Jamaica came into this tournament playing well, very organized. Uh, they had a good rhythm about them. And the U.S. was the opposite. The U.S. has been really inconsistent throughout the tournament. I know they beat Cuba 6-0. to zero. You can't. That, and, that means nothing, that result. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, I think that was a bit of fool's gold. Obviously, they it, it helped them a bit. Well, you would think it would give them a little bit of confidence, but maybe it gave them a little false confidence that – you know, they thought they could go go up against Jamaica and, and, and it would be easy. I don't think the U.S. took Jamaica lightly. I just don't think they were in good form. And I know, so I know there's that easy narrative of, oh, the, the you know, the, the CONCACAF giant overlooked the underdog. It wasn't about overlooking. I just don't think they were in a good rhythm, in good form. Nope. And they went up against a Jamaica team that was in, in good form. And I, you know what? The U.S. created chances. They had their chances. They just didn't. They didn't finish them. And then defensively, they made mistakes at, at the absolute worst time when they were when the game was still in question, when it was still 0-0. The one thing you couldn't do if you were the U.S. is go down against Jamaica. And that's what happened because they didn't put those early chances away. And then on that long throw-in, Darren Maddox beats John Brooks. Ventura Alvarado was in no man's land. And then it's all of a sudden, it's 1-0, and that shakes things up. So mm-hmm. you know, the U.S. have only themselves to blame. And as I wrote for Gold.com, the blame has to start with Jurgen Klinsmann and the lineup that he put out there. He put out John Brooks and Ventura Alvarado. He did it throughout the entire tournament. And all through the tournament, people, including myself, were saying, you know, this is a little risky um, putting these young guys in here. You have other veterans who are established, and, you know, they're not washed up. Omar Gonzalez is not washed up. Matt Beasler, who you didn't even call in, is not washed up. How, how do you just put cast those guys aside 
and bring in these new center backs. And we know why, because he was looking towards 2018. Jurgen Klinsmann, he, he has no pressure on his job, so he could afford to take the gamble. And the gamble ultimately backfired. Well, exactly. Well, okay. And this is where I guess I wasn't as concerned that the U.S. lost this game. Because the ultimate goal is to make it to the Confederations Cup. I, I know people want to win the Gold Cup, and that's fantastic, and, and it's great to look on hardware. But come on, everyone. The reality is, is we're playing to get into the Confederations Cup. That's what you want to get into. Ah, but listen, I, I, no one's saying it's the end of the world, but you can't just gloss over a loss like this. These matches matter. Competitions no, they, matter. They, they, Tournaments these matches matter. do matter. But, but if the U.S. loses that playoff game, then I'll be more concerned about this loss. If the U.S. We're wins that playoff game... right now. I, okay, right, right now, now, this loss... This is, this is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I, is it? It's a flat-out embarrassment. Absolutely. No, I don't you think it is an embarrassment. Then you're, then you're absurd because you can't lose at home to Jamaica if you're the U.S. national team. You just can't. And the reason they did is because Jurgen Klinsmann took it for granted. He, he figured, you know what? It's, it's CONCACAF. I can tinker. I can experiment. I can try some new guys. And he took it for granted. And here's the funny thing. As long as, long as we've been the past few months, all we've heard about Klinsman saying is that, yeah, we want to take this seriously. We've taken we, this Gold Cup matters. But then he, he went out and experimented. And it, and it came back to bite him. And no one's saying it. I, I'm not sitting here saying he should be fired. I'm not sitting here saying that the team is in shambles. I'm sitting here saying he set out and publicly said that this was his goal. But then he didn't act that way. So that's on him. He has to catch some of the blame for that. How do you, he did act that way. He put the players out there. I mean, some of this responsibility, Ivis, is on guys who need to step up, not just being the younger players on the team. Guys like Michael Bradley need to be consistent throughout the entire tournament. Bedoya, I know he's coming back from an injury, but you need other guys to step up. Aaron Johansson needs to step up. Brad Guzon, Timmy Chandler. I mean, some of this responsibility has to fall on the players. I mean, yes, Jurgen Klinsmann can do the same thing and bring in Matt Beasler, play Omar Gonzalez. There's nothing wrong with that. But some of these guys who are going to be the makeup for this U.S. team at 2018 in Russia, there needs to be some accountability on them too. Jurgen gave these guys opportunities. They feel they failed to live up to these opportunities. Some of it has to go on the players. And I'm not saying that everything goes on the players because the other thing is Jamaica is a very good team. You look at Jamaica in 2015. They have three losses in all their matches. All of those losses are 1-0 losses to teams from South America. Jamaica has been pretty good. And there's a chance that the U.S. will eventually not be the top dogs in CONCACAF. I'm not saying that changes now. But it's okay when other teams do perform well. I know it looks bad losing on U.S. soil, but sometimes teams lose. It does happen. And it's not the end of the world. Jurgen should not get fired. I agree with you on those things. But some of the accountability is not on Jurgen. It needs to go on the players, too. And a lot of credit has to be given towards Jamaica as well in this game. Who picks the players? Jurgen Klinsmann does. Who picks the lineup? Jurgen Klinsmann does. Who picks the roster? Jurgen Klinsmann does. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to make that clear. I, okay, for, I, and I we know the, he does. I'm not. I'm not. I'm no, not you say, hey, that. you just made your point. I'm going to make my point. I'm not Here's arguing that. Hey, hey, I'm asking you a question. Did the U.S. play well in this tournament? No, they did not. So then, why are you trying to make it about one game, one bad performance, and one night where the players no, didn't I, come the, through? The US it was, was an entire what, tournament what is, what minus is the, US, the Cuba game. What is, yeah, no, no, well, okay. I, eliminate the Cuba game, right? Look at the group stage games. You could say U.S. Honduras was perhaps their best game. How many excuses? They did not play well the entire tournament. They did not put together a 90-minute game the entire tournament minus the Cuba game, which was glorified friendly. So I do not want to hear about how it, 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 you know Klinsman does, shouldn't take all the blame. Yes, he should. It's his job. He's had enough time to put a team together, to put a squad together, to put a roster together, to put a starting lineup together that can win this tournament. And he did not do it. Now, I'm not sitting – again, I'm not saying to fire the guy, but to sit here and try to dance around the, the fact that it's his fault is a joke to me. 
It's a joke to me. Why are we dancing around this? Yes, players have to play. Players have to step up. I get that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the coach is the number one guy that puts the squad together. He's the one who not only the starting lineup, but then the substitutions he made. Did any of his substitutions on Wednesday pan out? Nope, they did, did not. Any, did any of the three make any impact? No, they did not. Whose fault is that? It's not It's not Michael Bradley's fault. It's not Aaron Johansson's fault. Yes, Michael Bradley could have played better. I give you that. Brad Guzan could have played better. They all could have played. For me, but I liked how Bedoya played. Apparently, a few people didn't, but I thought Bedoya really gave it his all. He really was super involved and and I thought he played well but for the most part the US at top to bottom right they a lot they all could have played better however it's still you it's not like we didn't see this coming and that's the thing it'd be one thing if they had dominated their way through the group stage you know blew people away for four straight matches and then they turn around and lose and then we're jumping all over Klinsman or I'm jumping all over Klinsman we've been seeing it game for game now yeah. Every single game after the game, you're looking at it like, you know what? Yes, they won, but this wasn't pretty. Yes, they won. This wasn't pretty. Yes, they tied Panama, and this was this did not look that great. That was not a good this match. Is, this has been coming. That's the whole point. This has been coming. So that's why like, I, I'm like, listen, guys. I'm not sitting here on the fire Klinsman bandwagon because I know there are those people out there. He should not be think, fired. That's ridiculous. I think that's people extreme. Say that. I, get, I, I, get, I agree with that. I, I do think that's extreme, but... I think he should wear every single ounce of blame for why this tournament was a failure. Um, and he, and you know what? He still has a chance to redeem himself because, like you said, if they go win the playoff and they make it to the Confederations Cup, everything's all good. It's not all good, but at least he saved some face because you know what? No matter what happens, this Gold Cup is on record. It happened. They lost. They didn't win it. They didn't even make the final. Five straight finals. They made it to five straight finals. And then they and so I get it. Streaks don't last forever, but there was no reason why this streak had to end. But the streak ended in part because Jurgen Klinsman didn't take the tournament completely seriously. He chose to experiment a little and it bit him in the ass. But but that's taking I mean okay. okay. He did take the tournament seriously, obviously. You can't say that. It's not like he he's going out there and just throwing up guys who shouldn't even be on the roster. Like I mean, Alan Gordon. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, come yeah, on. Well, you Dude, just said okay, it. You that's, just said that's, it. come on. After Josie Altador, who is your big body? You need What's a big body up top. Body? The, They're not going to do anything. This is an MLS. This is an international competition. Alan Gordon was not that bad in the game. He, he had a few headers. How many minutes do you think Alan Gordon's going to get in the second half of the season for the Galaxy? Uh, at least 80 a game, minimum. 80? Oh, my oh, Lord. Minimum. We're not going to sit here and name the entire roster like we've done. Every, I know. Everyone gives us crap for that now. They give you crap because you do it, but what, what, I'm what sorry, man. The he's not, he's, he's not, he's, yeah, exactly. But anyway, we're digressing a little. The point is, this, this is. I'm sorry, man. This is on him, and you're acting like it's not. It's totally on him. I, I, I don't uh, understand. Uh, you. He, look, Jurgen took it seriously. He put the players out there. It was a learning lesson for a lot seriously of these guys by t- putting inexperienced guys in over a clear, uh, clearly experienced guys, and continuing to do it even when they struggled game after game. Uh, you know what? You know what? Every you know what? Just, just, Ivis, you explain that one to me. I'm gonna paint a picture for you right now. Okay, just hold off for a second. I don't need you to paint a picture. The U.S. I get it. It's 2018. It's 2018. The U.S. moves past the group stage. They win their first round of 16 game, and then it'll be like because these guys learned in the 2015 Gold Cup. That's where they are now. You didn't have to sacrifice this one game against Jamaica. You could. You did not have to sacrifice this game. You did not have to sacrifice group stages. They they would be just experienced three years from now without these one two games. And you know what? If it does pan out right. 
if the and I, I'm not saying Brooks and Alvarado might not be the center backs for 2018. Well, Alvarado totally still has a way to go. He well, has anyway, definitely I, I, way to go. Either one way or the other, I, if it happens, I mean, I could see it. It wouldn't shock me, right? I like Brooks is a good prospect. Yes, he is. He still has a lot of growing up to do on the international level. Alvarado has a lot of growing up to do, but. I, I, I'm sorry. I think it's such an excuse to say, oh, well, you know, if it, they if they pan out, then it was worth it. But like, no, you didn't have to do it. One or two, like, the group stage, fine. You want to give them a few games in the group stage? Sure, go ahead, do it. But you didn't have to do it in the knockouts. You just didn't. You didn't have to do it. You could have put Omar Gonzalez out there. You could have. You absolutely could You telling me on that long throw-in that Omar Gonzalez is going to get beat there? Or that he's going to be in no man's land, not involved in the play at all, like Alvarado. That's the thing for me, man. Like, it, this could have been avoided. Of course, it's and, little and, things. And it it's been, been like been that avoided. throughout the entire tournament. But... It could have been avoided. It could have been avoided. That's all I'm saying. But you seem to refuse to acknowledge that Klinsman could have avoided this. He no, was the no, gambler. No, I, he I, was like the guy at the blackjack table who was like, you know what? I'm hot. I can't. I can't. I'm going to hit me on 18. And then, boom, he busts out. And then everyone's surprised. No one should be surprised because he was gambling. I, I'm not denying that, Ives. I agree right. with you on that. But some of the responsibility has to be on the players, though. It's not It's not all in your game. But who puts the players out there? Jesse Zardes is, I mean, the guy missed so, I mean, he, I, and it's so funny to me because Galaxy fans are so defensive. Because on Twitter, like, as soon as I start, you know, I, when I wrote about Zardes, pointing him out, like, no, it's not all Zardes' fault. But it was, it was an example. Here's a kid who, yes, he's talented. He has potential. He's very raw. I said it after the Cuba game. Go listen to the episode of the SBI show after the Cuba game when even though it was a 6-0 game, I pointed out the fact that, listen, Zardes has a lot to learn. Zardes is still very raw, and that could cost them if he doesn't get sharper. And guess what, folks? It cost them against Jam- uh, Jamaica. How many, di- how many attacks did he ruin? How many times did he not finish? How many times did he make the wrong pass or the wrong run? And that's not all on him. He's learning. He's young. But who's the guy who left him in for the entire match? Again, Jurgen Klinsmann. Three subs he made. None of them panned out. But yet, Jossie Zardes, the guy who couldn't hit the bar, a side of a barn, stayed in for 90 minutes. <laughs> Whose fault is that? Jurgen Klinsmann. <laughs> so you know what? I, again, I still like Klinsmann. Like, I, I actually like Klinsmann more than, than, than some. That there's people out there who, who loathe the guy. Of course they do. You think he couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag? I'm not that extreme, but at the same time, I am. I am down with accountability, and he deserves to be held accountable for this. And none of this extra. Oh, but the players a little bit. No, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about him now. Why? I mean, are you on his team? Are you on the street team? Jurgen Klinsmann street team. Let's talk about him right now. And it's his fault. Period. What's the Jurgen Klinsmann street team? I don't know. You're on it apparently because every time someone wants to rip on Klinsman, you're like, oh, but, uh, but, what about these guys? Like, no. Right I, now, I, I, I guess let's talk it, about Jurgen right now. I mean, I mean look, I, I look. What is the ultimate goal of winning this gold cup? I mean, prestige, recognition in, in your region, which is great. You want to be the champion of your region? That means I mean, something. Does that mean anything to it me? Does the, mean to something. me, the Concacaf. Go, go, I'm sorry, going to the Confederations Cup, that was the ultimate goal of this thing. You still have one more game. If you advance to that, That's then to me, bull, this gold man. cup... Listen, then, eh. it's such bull and it's so convenient that now... I didn't hear this at all through the entire group stage. I didn't hear this uh, before or after the Cuba game. I didn't hear this at any point until right now. And you know what? Win or lose. You know what? It doesn't really matter if they win the Gold Cup. What matters is the Confederation Cup. You know what? They could lose. Why even show up to the Gold Cup then? They already had a seat in the playoff game. That's a joke. That's a joke. I'm sorry. You can't sit here and act like, oh, it doesn't matter. No, well, it does. It does matter to a degree. But what I'm ah, saying, look, 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 I, I will. If, look, if the U.S. loses that play, play in game. And trust me, I, I, I should have said this, but I felt like this. If the U.S. loses that game, then you can maybe discuss 
should Jurgen Klinsmann keep his job or, or anything like that. Until then, look, he, he has one more chance, and, and that's how I see it for the U.S. Going to the Confederations Cup, to me, that, that's, that's what this U.S. team needs to strive for. Winning region, that's fantastic. Confederations Cup, that's the prize, though. So he, so he gets no blame for this Gold Cup? No, he does. He does. It's, it, it, he, did, did he, he loses the playoff goal. game. Did he botch this Gold Cup? Jurgen Klinsmann? Yes. <laughs> that's oh that's unfair Lord. to say. Hey, that's listen, unfair to we'll, say. No, we'll let the public decide because obviously we know how you feel and we know how I feel and we'll see. We'll it's let not the like public. he purposely went out and, 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 and did these things. I mean, he purposely went out and put a young def- defense out there when he could have put a more experienced defense out there. I, he absolutely <laughs> intentionally did that. He left Matt Beasler home. Right and, and and a guy who I know look Beezer was not in the best of form after the World Cup I'll give you that he wasn't in in top form even in the winter when they had the friendlies I'll give you that but it, the guy is in form now he was in form and Klinsman chose to bring in Tim Ream Tim Ream a guy who he never even paid attention to for how many years and you know what Omar if you cared about winning this tournament which is all he ever said for months. You needed to have brought in Omar Gonzalez and Matt Beasley. You just needed to do it. And even if you leave Beasley home, fine. How do you have Omar Gonzalez on your bench after four or five games where the, the other guys just didn't get it done? That's what's shocking to me. He's that stubborn. He was that stubborn that even though game after game they would lay an egg, game after game they would come out there and play terribly for a half and then be okay for the second half. I mean, I understand it, right? I'm not, in compl- I'm not completely mm-hmm. oblivious to the idea about wanting to get young guys' experience. I totally get that. And you know what? In 2018, those could be the guys. But right now, he did not have to start those guys, and he, and it cost him. And he has – and you got to answer for that. you got to – you if I – like, if you're – he obviously will never because the guy's never uh, – he has never stood up and said my bad about anything. That's just not his way. He will never once admit being wrong. He will never once admit making a mistake. That's just not his, his personality. I get that. That's Jurgen. It's his way. But for other people to sit here and defend him and say, oh, no, it's not, it doesn't matter. Not that big a deal. They still got the playoff. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares about the Gold Cup. Oh, great. Where was all this talk for five weeks? Come on. Come on, son. <laughs> all right. Enough ranting. I Enough do ranting. care about the Gold Cup. You're acting as if I don't see Look, I understand it's a major milestone. But to me, <laughs> five straight I'm not, times. I'm not, you know. You and I will disagree on this. A chance to play Mexico. So, okay, now, this is the thing, too. Guess what? Now, by by not taking it seriously, by not having an opportunity to to beat a Mexico that is not in form. Mexico is not in form. Yeah, they're playing horrible. For all the struggles struggles the U.S. have had in the Gold Cup, Mexico has been worse. But guess what? The referees are, are, are the MVP of this tournament for Mexico. So they're still... In the final. Now, guess what? They could finally wake up and beat Jamaica and win the final. And then get to that playoff game, which is apparently possibly most likely going to be at the Rose Bowl, which is more than likely going to be 80 to 85% Mexican fans. And then, guess what? We're going to have 2011 Gold Cup all over again. <laughs> yeah, Dos Santos will go out yeah. there and destroy Mexico <laughs> beats the U.S. And then what? Jurgen Klinsman's that... fired. Jurgen Klinsman's fired. And then but he, but Caleb he, Porter he becomes He could have prevented coach. it. He could have prevented it if he had taken this tournament seriously. But instead, he let it go, and then the future happens. Just kind of like the Terminator. <laughs> you don't nip it in the bud before it happens, and then fate happens, and it's your fault. So that, that's all I'm saying, man. He, 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 he blew this. He blew this opportunity. I, I really do. Because I, I think if you put on – do I think that in four years, three, three years from now, do I think 
Brooks and Alvarado could be better than Omar Gonzalez? Absolutely. Could absolutely. I would put my money on Brooks being better now than, than Omar Gonzalez three, four years from now. Right now, I'm sorry. You're telling me I got to go win a game and I'm the coach. Who am I putting in? I'm putting in Omar Gonzalez over those guys, especially especially after the way they looked in the group stages. Especially. Well, I would have done, I would have done Brooks Gonzalez. Even that, even that. I think that would have been a good mix. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it, man. He rode, he rode the Ventura Alvarado. I mean, I was actually surprised to see Ventura out there against Jamaica. That was a shock. Brad Evans, I mean, hey. It was. I I called Brad Evans. I I wasn't too surprised by that. Brooks, for for all the quality that he he had, all the potential and quality that he has, he still, he didn't have a receipt. He's still raw. First off, Darren Maddox is what, like 5'4"? How the this hell is what I'm saying, Brooks, man. He's like 6'4". How, how did Darren Maddox, literally, who gets blown over by wind, beat John Brooks on that? Darren Maddox is not beating Omar Gonzalez on the header. I'm sorry. It's not happening. But anyway, enough for that. Jamaica, congratulations. Yes. If anybody's listening and sitting here thinking I'm not giving them credit, I'm giving Jamaica credit. I'm the one who on this show said, hey, this team is legit. And they are legit. They're playing very well. Ooh, that free kick that Giles Barnes hit. Ooh, that was beautiful. It was was great. I mean, it's also, hey, it's on the edge of the area. It's a a prime position. Where it was, perfect position for them to hit it. Great, great free kick. Credit to their coach, Winfred Schaefer. The guy's a comedian, but he's also a very good tactician. Uh, (laughs) They're getting the job done, man. And if you're asking me, I'm putting my money on Jamaica, man, because Mexico is playing ugly right now. And I I can't see it, and I, I probably... I said this after the Costa Rica game, so it's probably futile. I can't see a referee again getting involved in giving the Mexico Mexico a, a break here. I, I'm, Jamaica should win that game. They should. And if there's any justice in this world, they'll win that game. There's no justice, Ivis. Come on, man. What world are you living in? <laughs> well, You're from Jersey. It, you should know there's no it, justice in it, this world. Here's hope. Well, there's street justice. But anyway, here's hope. Here's hope. <laughs> here's hope that Jamaica wins that game. You know, I'm thinking here, when you look at the eight teams that made the quarterfinals, you could say that Cuba's for sure the worst at eight. You could say Mexico is perhaps, in, in terms of form going into the quarterfinals, Mexico's probably the seventh best team in the quarterfinals. They were terrible. Yeah. Um, more importantly, though, Ivis, speaking of Mexico, U.S., all that, the U.S. will be playing um, in the third-place game, which will take place uh, take place on Saturday against Panama at PPL Park, home of the Philadelphia Union. I mean, third-place game, who cares? Ugh. It's such an ugly game. This is the funny this thing is about at any it. level too, not just because the U.S. lost. I'm talking no, no, World Cup, Women's funny? World Cup, third place. Right. Who cares? No, but what's funny about these games are, generally speaking, third place games are sometimes the best game of the tournament because you get two teams that have nothing to play for. They just play for fun. There's no pressure, and you see a lot of times you see some great matches. You see some great soccer. Um, this is not one. Of the, I don't think this is going to be one of those matches because j- traditionally speaking, uh, you know, I don't think place, this is. Is it on TV? Uh, yeah, it is. I I, oh, it is. Okay, okay. Uh, you I thought, thought I saw yeah, somewhere that it wasn't. If it wasn't going to be, it's obviously going to be because the U.S. is playing. Um, but no, this game, you have one team who absolutely wants no part of this game in the U.S., and you have one team who doesn't even want to be in the tournament anymore in Panama, a team that, you know, after the after that semifinal fiasco, I mean, there was talk that they would just leave and they wouldn't even play in the third-place match. They've apparently got they, – they, they're over it. They, they've, they've checked their emotions a bit. They're going to go through with it. Apparently, they were playing kickball today at their training. They didn't even bother really training. They just kicked, They just played kickball. So, I mean, that's I think cool. that's pretty funny. With the yeah, soccer ball, or do they get a yeah. bouncy ball? And, and it's, you know, let's, you know, I don't know what to say about this game. Expect, I Hopefully, it's a good game, and hopefully, the U.S. takes it seriously. Because I tell you what, I think Panama, even though they got a lot of injuries, um, and who knows if anybody's going to get suspended 
after that ordeal, after the whole fiasco of, of players and, uh, you know, going after the ref. And there was one player, you know, who was seen trying to kick one of the refs. It's like, you know, who knows how many players they'll have left. But Panama, man, I, it, you feel bad for them because for my money, man, mm-hmm. they played great this tournament. They played great. They were down a man the entire game against Mexico and they damn near beat them. That's how bad. I mean, as part of this, Mexico's been playing terribly. But Panama, man, credit to Panama, Panama, credit to Hernanda Rio Gomez, who, I mean, the guy's he's been around the block. I mean, the guy coached Colombia in 94, and he's he's a very sharp, very sharp coach. And uh, they deserved better out of this tournament. They deserved better for the way they played. And I tell you what, man, that Panama team in the next qualifying cycle is going to be a handful. They absolutely are. So uh, this match, I, I don't know what to make of this third place well, the, match. Well, because, hold on, real quick, real quick. You mentioned the red card. Even the red card in the game for Panama, you could even say that was questionable. Absolutely. That for me, that was a, that was I mean, a yellow. That should have been a yellow. Yeah, the yellow. Yeah. No more but than just, that. So, so two call, two call, just disastrous calls. And Mark Geiger. I mean, Ugh. come on. Now here's my. Like, I I've obviously ripped Mark Geiger more than one occasion, and I always get people who come out of the woodwork and defend him. And to me. And, and a lot of times they're actually referees themselves. And that's what I don't think people get is the fact that Mark Geiger in the American refereeing community, he's like they're like LeBron. He's like the LeBron of referees because he's the he's supposed to be the best American referee. So if you're a young American referee or you're, uh, you're, you're a referee on kind of the lower levels of the American game, you look at Mark Geiger as your standard bearer. It's like this is the guy. He, went, he worked the World Cup. He did well in the World Cup. This is the guy I want to aspire to be like – get shot down people get defensive but i'm sorry what do you say now people what do you say now mark geiger defenders how do you sit there honestly say the guy called a good game or the guy didn't ruin that game he ruined that game and it was an unbelievably embarrassing and i mean you got people talking about corruption and geiger was paid off i don't buy that personally yeah that seems a little and maybe uh... that's a little naive and, and after all we've heard from the fifa bribery and all that stuff you know we can't nothing can nothing should surprise us anymore right no, nothing is nothing is out of the out of the realm of possibility anymore in the yeah, game but, yeah. but having said that i don't buy the idea that that, that mark geiger no, was paid that's off to call this game i don't buy that it was just straight up incompetence that's what it is folks yeah, we off. watch this we watch this guy referee on a regular basis in mls and this is what he does. He loses control of games. Mm-hmm. He makes just nightmarishly bad calls. And one time I had a referee uh, make the point to me, and I thought it was an interesting point. He said, you know what? Do you ever notice that Mark Geiger calls the really big games? And, and in those big, tough games, there's tough decisions to be made. And maybe that's why he call, makes calls that are really controversial. And I, may, and, you know, I thought about that. I was like, you know what? Maybe that's a valid point. You know, he, get, he gets these like hotly contested games, and, and any referee would struggle – you know, there's something to be said for that, but the guy consistently makes bad call, like big bad calls, red cards, penalties. Like the guy, I mean, I don't know, man. Either he's just got the worst luck in the world, or he's not good at his job. It's one or the other. So uh, it was embarrassing. It's you're sad for Panama and and Mexico. I mean, I mean, it's a joke, man. As bad as they've been, and I know the Mexican fans will say, oh. You're just a hater. You just don't like Mexico. No, Mexico's played no. complete garbage soccer in the goal. Garbage, cup. folks. Garbage. Basura. The thing is, right, if Mexico was killing it, if they were playing amazing soccer and they were in the final and they got these calls, I'd be – I'd look, tip of the cap. 
you deserve there. You deserve to be in the final. I even said it after the Costa Rica game. They were better than Costa Rica. So for as bad as that call was, I don't mind that they got through because they were clearly the better team that night. But the Panama game, give me a break. That was the height of embarrassment. Um, I was quickly, before we talk about the, uh, the final with uh, Jamaica and Mexico, I, I just have to ask, for the U.S. in the third place game, does Jurgen Klinsmann trot out John Brooks and Vitor Alvarado again? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny, right? Uh, it seems he puts out Omar Gonzalez and Tim Ream. Oh. Yeah, well, here, it's, a, it's an interesting question because th- this is what you have to think about right now. They have three games between now and that playoff game, right? Three games. They have this game, then they play Peru, and then they play Brazil. Two, two pretty good friendlies in September, right? If you're Klinsman and you're thinking, okay, who do I see being my guys for that play-in game? Um, then has he has he had a, a revelation now about these young guys and realizing that they're not ready? I don't know if that's the case, man. I mean, we he was asked after the after the loss, and I I personally asked him about that. like we I, you know I asked him I said like you know these guys like the do, do, do were you looking how much of your decision to ride these guys was about 2018? His exact words to me were that you know they they started because they're good enough to start now. So whether so he must honestly believe that those are his best guys now. All thi- like none, like no you know, qualifiers, no no not like those are his best guys now. Mm-hmm. So if he thinks if he th- if he really thinks those are his best guys now, then why not keep playing them? Cuz that's who he's going to ride with. He's going to ride with those guys cuz you know what? If he go if he goes and puts Gonzalez and out for the third place match, <laughs> then it's kind of like almost conceding like yeah, yeah you know, I mean, maybe I was I, wrong, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So from that standpoint, he I I wouldn't shock. It wouldn't shock me. He goes with the same guys, uh, the same starters from the Jamaica match. I think that's exactly what he'll do. Maybe he'll make subs in the second half. I mean, I know Demarcus Beasley, uh, Klinsman already said in the press conference today on Friday that you know this is definitely going to be Beasley's last match, and they want to kind of make it a special moment for him. He's going to come on in the second half of this match. Well, that's nice. Uh, a nice touch, deserving. Demarcus Beasley, and for anyone who has anything bad to say about Beasley, you're out of your mind. The guy is a great player for the U.S. through the years. Part of four World Cup teams, uh, Blaze Trails internationally, uh, has had a lot, ton of success. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit, and it sounds like, for, it sounds like there's a lot of newbies out there who, who've only been following the game for maybe a couple of years. I think they're called. Don't. I think they're called noobs, Ibis. Whatever they are, youngsters, young, you know, the millennials. Oh, pun- I think it's the young, millennials then. Young punks, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe they don't realize it. But the guy, I mean, Beasley, man, he, he's he's had a great career. But anyway. He's going to put him in the second half. So I think he'll probably go, you know, triple sub second half or throw some guys in. It doesn't even matter, really. It doesn't matter who he plays in this game. Well, no, no. It matters if William Yarbrough plays. Oh, if he gets capped. Eh. Mm, that's important. That's fine. That's important. I, that's I the only thing that's important. important? <laughs> we don't even know how good this guy is. How I don't know. Is? Just just cap tie him. That's fine. That's uh, all right. The final, though, Mexico taking on Jamaica that is in Philadelphia where the Philadelphia Eagles play look I'll be real Ivis I would rather face a good Jamaica team if I'm Jurgen Klinsman in that playoff game versus Mexico at the Rose Bowl with 80% Mexican fans in a rivalry game I mean I I think most U.S. fans will probably be pulling for Jamaica in this game well I think most fans period I think I think all non-Mexicans are rooting for Jamaica just because of the ridiculousness of the penalty calls and the, and the red card calls and all, all the calls that have gone in Mexico's favor. Uh, I, I feel like most CONCACAF countries and CONCACAF fans hate Mexico anyway. 
but the hate is ratcheted up all the more because they, the, you know, the general consensus, and even some Mexicans feel this way, is that Mexico shouldn't be in this final. They don't deserve to be in this final. They don't, flat out. So that, that's why I said before, like, ju- if justice prevent, if if there's any justice, Jamaica will there is win no this justice, Ivis. No, but you know what, man? Jamaica's good, man. Jamaica's Jamaica's gonna cause problems for that team because you know what? If they couldn't break down a ten-man Panama team, they're not. You know, it's not gonna be easy breaking down. Uh, a Jamaica defense that is very tough, very tough. I don't know about their goalkeeper. I mean, he's made some saves, but eh, I'm not sold on the goalkeeper. But their defense, man, yeah, they're gonna give them a game. They're gonna absolutely give them a game. Well, for Jamaica, I mean, this is big. You know, when you look back at just kind of Jamaica's history in the Gold Cup, I mean, you have to go all the way back to 1998 when Jamaica at least finished top four, and then you have to go back even further to look at a Caribbean country. 1973 was the last time a Caribbean country won the Gold Cup. I mean, that is that is a long time for, for Jamaica and for these other teams. It would mean a lot. It would mean a lot for them. And I got to say, like, it, it's it, it's interesting, the whole Copa America thing, right? So now, credit to them that they were able to get 14 players. Players, as well as the clubs for those players. Because, you know, that's like not that's not a normal thing to play in multiple tournaments. I mean, very it's very rare that you see it. They were able to get that, that nucleus, apparently, of 14 players. Who had who were able to go through that experience of Copa America, really develop a rhythm, build up a build up a rhythm. And I know there's going to be some fans who say, "Oh, see, this is why the Americans should play Copa America because it helps them." Um, but it's not like it wouldn't be the same thing, man. You're no, no in no it's, way yeah. on no planet are you going to get 14 Americans in the summer to play in two tournaments. It's never going to happen. You might get a couple. Two, I three, will. You're not getting 14. You're not getting 14 players to go. To multiple competitions. You're not going to get clubs to release them. You're not. It's not going to happen. But credit to Jamaica. They did it. They made it work. Uh, and it's just better for CONCACAF to have more strong teams. And this Jamaica mm-hmm. team looks looks dangerous. I mean, Costa Rica, I think, might be back on the downslope. Uh, I just, you know, they obviously they have a new manager, Paulo Anchope, who, while he's a class act, I just don't think he's tactically on the level of, of the guy he replaced. So, I mean, from that standpoint, you know, maybe they're on the way down. But Panama looked good. Jamaica looked really good. Haiti impressed, so you know we just what? need to uh, learn how to finish. Well, that uh, there you go, like the U.S. Uh, yeah, hey, yeah. They, they, yeah. just, just like up, me man. in high school, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like you at the prom. Uh, but yeah, just so you know, it's uh, <laughs> so it's good, man. I know U.S. I know for U.S. fans, they don't care. They don't want to. They don't hear. They don't want to hear about that. They want to hear about the U.S. But speaking big picture wise, it's yes. better for the Americans. It's better for the U.S. national team to have more tough teams in the region because you know what uh what, what is it steel steel sharpen steel and the more tough games you get in your region the better it's, the better it's going to be for you when you get to the world cup because it, it, you don't want to be a team that only really gets tested a couple times a, tor- a, a qualifying cycle you want to get tested all the way through because that's what's going to make you better so i for me i love seeing that i love seeing jamaica be look this good i love seeing trinidad and tobago how about them? How they, you know, you want to see them. You want to see Canada figure it out. Come on, Canada, that get never it together. That, what the hell? Like, you, need to, you need to let that go, Ivis. Like, That's never going to happen. It's, it's just, I, like, forget the fact that their fans are tortured. I, they have talent. They have talent up there, and they just can't, like, come on, Canadian Federation. Get it together. But it's still good. Trinidad, Jamaica, Haiti, Panama. It's good, man, to see this. To see Concaf getting that better, getting growing, in spite of all the corruption and all the ugliness and the awful officiating, at least the teams are starting to get better. 
Well, I was talking bigger picture, some optimistic news on the horizon. Take this how you want. Tim Howard is returning back to the national team, which on one hand, you're like, hey, that's great. Tim Howard's coming back. On the other hand, Brad Guzan, for the most part, looked pretty good in the Gold Cup. So, mm, I'll tell you what. You timing, think, was, eh. timing was interesting. The timing mm. was interesting. Tim Howard announces his return, and then Brad Guzan has his worst game of the Gold Cup. <laughs> I thought that was Well, look, Brad Guzan was also kind of left out to dry a few times. So, um, I don't know, man. It was his. It was uh, obviously that call is whatever. The, you don't see that all all the time, but that's he could, Someone he, must have said something. There's, he could have done better on the first goal. He could have done better. Yeah, could have done better on the first goal. But anyway, look, Tim Howard. It's great that he's back. The guy is the natural leader. I know some people will say, "Oh, he had a bad season at Everton. Uh, he's he's past it now. He's lost it." Like, look, let's see him with the U.S. again, and let's see how that goes. Because I, for me, I, if you're asking me right now to put my money on who's going to be starting in that. Confederations Cup playing game, I'm going to go Tim Howard. Well, look, even if you are an L Tree fan or even a U.S. fan, and I know you're sad, but you still want to represent your country, you can get 10% off when you purchase <laughs> at SoccerLoco.com. They have gear, replica jerseys, everything you need to support your favorite club or to get ready for an upcoming season. Ivis is a solid place. And plus, dude, the 10% deal, I mean, that, that's, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good deal. I don't think I don't think Soccer Loco is going to be selling a lot of U.S. national team jerseys this 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 month. But the European season is around the corner. Uh, the Liga MX season is coming up. I mean, they, you know what? The, the club seasons are on the way. Uh, I was just checking out prices for a jersey for my son. Uh, I'll be get, I'll be getting him a PSG jersey. He is a Paris Saint Germain fan. Uh, his his birthday's coming up next week, so uh, try to surprise him there. Um, but yeah, if you, if if you listen birth, to the show, don't tell he, him. Yeah, he doesn't listen to the show. Trust me. Um, but yeah, if you're uh, if you're you got a kid whose birthday is coming up, then Jersey's usually a good way to go. Yes, very good way to go. Remember, ten percent off your entire order at soccerloco.com. Enter SBI ten. Ivis, it's MLS Week twenty one, and uh, and look, we got a great matchup that has so many stars in it. You might need to bring your shades. New York City taking on Orlando. You have Kaka. You have Frank Lampard. Pirlo might be making an appearance. Kyle Lahren is back. So many stars in this game. I just can't live up to the expectations. One of these things is not like the other. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> is Kyle Lahren going to be your new Dan he's, Gargan? He's, he's, he's the new Dan Gargan of the week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, the NY, the, a lot of stars on display. Um, you know, we don't know at this point for sure. If Lampard and Pirlo are going to make their debuts, but hopefully they do. But this this is going to be a good match. Again, the the two expansion teams uh, are going to square off, and 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 it's uh, it seems like just yesterday that they played in the opener. Man, I was I feel like it wasn't too long ago. I was down in Orlando uh, enjoying the sold out or almost sold out Citrus Bowl for that one. But uh, I kind of wish I could make it to this one. I almost did. I almost scrapped going to the Gold Cup final. But you know, out of respect for Jamaica, I got to be at the final and see if they win. Uh, and also don't want to break my streak of Gold Cup finals. This is going to be my sixth in a row. Um, but NYCFC, man, if they're finally going to have their fully loaded squad. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to see. Well, they still actually don't have mixed disc group. He's still with the U.S. team. But pretty much to have all their DPs uh, if they play, it's going to be a good test for them. And, uh, and for Orlando uh, going on the road, they're going to have to play on that narrow field. It's big for them to get Laren back because, you know, uh, at their forward their forward spots are you know aren't the deepest. Obviously, they're on the market right now, trying to go get a forward on the international market. Uh, but having Laren back, he's having himself a great season, rookie of the year front runner right now, 
And the red card against them last week was pretty was a fiasco. So great to see MLS overturn that, by the way. I mean, it's rare when they actually admit uh, mistakes like that. So it was great to see that. Um, and they're going to need him. They're going to need Kyle Aaron. And he could have himself a game against this NYCFC defense because for all the star power that they have, their defense has definitely looked vulnerable. Well, this is a big game for New York. When you look at just their next five games, this, this game and the next four are huge for them. All five opponents are ahead of them in the playoff picture. This is a stretch, Ivis, where at the end of it, New York could be in the playoff picture, where at the end of it we could say, hey, uh, things didn't work out for them this year. Eh, it's MLS, man. Nobody falls out over a few games. <laughs> They're right in there. They're right in the mix, man. I, I, five games I against uh, Eastern Conference opponents all ahead of you? Yeah, but think, yeah, it's fine, man. It's fine. It's MLS. It's MLS, man. All right. Uh, FC Dallas taking – Go ahead. I'm sorry? Everything is tightly packed. No, I, I, no, I agree. I agree. And they got to get – and look, Pierre Lampard is going to take them a while to get settled in. One, one or two games for them. But I tell you what, once you get into August, once you get rolling into mid-August, they, or what, the match that, the match that's going to be the big one is, is Sunday, August 9th at Red Bull Arena. If they have Pierre and Lampard for that one, that is going to be a barn burner. Well, FC Dallas is taking on Portland at home. And Dallas, I have it's just like that. Top of the conference standings in the West. But Dallas at one. Portland's only three points behind them at the number six spot with 32 points. This is a big game. The only thing for me is Portland has not been the greatest on the road with how hot Dallas is playing right now. Four-game winning streak. It's, it's you know, be interesting to see if Portland can, can overcome some of these obstacles. I feel, like, I feel like Portland's done all right against Dallas through the years. I feel like... As far as the matchup goes, I think they do okay. Uh, not to take anything from like, Dallas is rolling, right? They they won four in a row. Their defense has really done well. They they did finally give up a goal uh, this past week. They had three shutouts in a row, but DC United was able to get one by them. But still, they're playing well. Four wins in a row. They've all they've catapulted to first place. I you know I think Portland can go up there. I think Portland could go down there and get them get themselves a point. Even though look, if it's a hundred degrees and in Dallas, that's always a that's always a tough thing for, for visiting teams to overcome. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the temperature is going to be there uh, th- this week. But if it's if it's super super hot in Dallas, then yeah, you gotta you, you gotta give FC Dallas the edge. But if it's uh, if it's reasonable, if it's like a cool day, actually no, let me see. Actually, Dallas is going to be 102 degrees tomorrow. <laughs> that is no bueno. I'm going to go FC Dallas. Columbus Crew taking on the Portland Timbers. At home, and uh, I guess we can see a bunch of goals in this game. Both defenses aren't the greatest. You have Columbus; they're scoring goals now. Will Sebastian Jovinko has been on fire. I mean, this could be another like a three-three-four-four game. You would think, right? But it won't. But it'll be it'll be one-zero. That's usually what happens. <laughs> That's usually what happens. Whatever you think it's gonna be, it's the opposite. It usually works out that way. Uh, but uh, I gotta say, man, Columbus is starting to you know put things together. They've won three out of their last four. They're actually three-one and one in their past five, and you know, I, I can't say it enough times, man. He doesn't. You don't see his name on the on the stat sheet in terms of goals or assists, but Will Trap. I said it. Once they get Will Trap back, that would settle things down for their midfield and give them a real, sta- you know, just a stabilizing force in the middle there. And he, I think he's really been, been big for them. You know, obviously Ethan Finley, Kai Kamara, they're huge, uh, and they're gonna. I think they're gonna do well against Toronto, but I think how Will Trap does in managing. Uh, a midfield against a Toronto team that won't have uh, Michael Bradley. Michael Bradley's still obviously with the U.S. team. So I think mm, I got to go Columbus, man. Columbus at home. I, I'm going to go 2 1 Columbus. I think Kamara keeps it rolling. Uh, and I think they uh, I think they win a pretty good game. 
Well, in the next match, you have Vancouver, who has been struggling in their last three games, taking on San Jose, who has also been struggling in their past three games. Both teams not winning one game in the past three. Um, still enough, though, Ivis. I mean, Vancouver, just with the way they performed this season, um, they're also going to be at home. I mean, you got to give them as the favorites against San Jose. Well, they have Kendall Waston back from uh, from the Gold Cup. I think that's a big boost for them. And San Jose, I think they're a little better uh, at home than away from home. They've actually lost three in a row now, uh, hit a bit of a skid. So, uh, yeah, I got to go Vancouver, man. I think Vancouver, uh, you know, they, they obviously had that long road trip, which, you know, it's always a little unsettling as a team when you when you have that kind of a long road trip. And and it's funny because they did pretty well on the road trip. And then when they get home, they, now that they've been home a couple games, they haven't been able to, to get the three points. But I think in this game, having Waston back, I think Vancouver is going to do pretty well there. I think they're going to win. They're going to win. Vancouver? Yeah, they're at home. At home. BC yes. Place is a very difficult place to play. Hey, uh, for visiting teams. Do you like that place place thing out there I said it? Mm, I didn't even get that. Mm. <laughs> uh, DC United is taking on the Philadelphia Union, and uh, the Philadelphia Union will be without um, Shannon Williams, who's been traded to the Houston Dynamo. Uh, but still, I mean, I was, a couple weeks ago, you thought Philadelphia was going to be a pushover. They're playing much better. DC still top of the Eastern Conference. I mean, this, this is going to be a good game this weekend. This is a very good game. I think it'll be. Uh, Usually, it's funny thing. These teams actually, the games usually are, can, can kind of be a little ugly. Uh, DC's in a bit of a slump now. They're they, they're winless in the last three. Meanwhile, Philly uh, Philly's two one and one in their last four. They're coming off the big Open Cup win. Uh, they they beat the Red Bulls in penalty kicks. That's huge for them. They're back in the semifinals, second straight year Open Cup. Uh, I gotta go DC, man. DC's very tough at home. It's it's just as uh, as as well as the Union are starting to play. I'm going to go DC. I think they can I think they're going to stop the bleeding. I think it's going to be a tough battle, defensive battle. I'm going to go 1-0. Uh maybe we'll see Alvaro Saborio in his first match as a DC United player scoring in his debut. And Real Salt Lake is playing host to Sporting Kansas City. Kansas City man playing really well right now entering this match. Real Salt Lake continuing that up and down. Um, RSL just every single week, man. You don't know what you're going to get out of them, and it's just very t- tough if you're a fan to just kind of believe that this team can can pick up points. Well, you know, I think once they get Beckerman back, I think they've started to get guys back. Uh, I, I think they're showing they're I think they're ready to go on a little bit of a run, but it's tough, man. Casey, I think Casey has one loss in their last eleven or some some something absurd like that. One loss in their last nine. They've been the most consistent team in the league. They have the best points per game in the league. Um, so they have those games in hand. Otherwise, you could say they're the top team in the league. I'll call them the best team in the league based on the points per game. Um, but, yeah, going to, going to Rio Tinto is never easy. And uh, I think KC could stumble a bit there. Uh, I'm going to go – you know what? I'm going to go RSL, man. I'm going to go RSL in a bit of an upset. I'm going to go 2-1 RSL. Seattle taking on the uh, Montreal Impact. And uh, look, Ivis, you're Seattle. You're looking at the schedule. You lost to Chicago Fire. You lost to the Rapids. Now you have the Impact. You have the three bottom feeders of the league. You have to take care of business against Montreal this weekend. You cannot lose to all three. It depends, man. It depends what they got. I mean, if you you get shut out by Colorado, I mean, actually Colorado's defense hasn't been terrible this year, but uh, it's all going to come down to who they have available. I mean, they're already missing Obafemi Martins, right? And I, I don't think he's going to play this week. They're missing Clint Dempsey. And now you have Marco Papa suspended after being arrested for drunk driving and speeding. And now he's going into the into the MLS uh, uh, evaluation thing that CJ Sapong went through. 
So he's going to be out of action for a while. So already, so now you're talking missing your three three of your best, if not your three best attackers. And and how you know how are you going to generate goals? That's gonna that's a, that's the question mark there. I mean, they have uh, you know they don't have any forwards. I mean, Lamar Nagel's still there. Uh, you know, it, it's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. I I, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't see Seattle uh, waking up without those guys. That's a lot. That's a lot of pieces to miss. And, and Montreal, man, Montreal's at home. I'm gonna go Montreal, man. Montreal stops the bleeding and they keep Seattle's slide going. New England taking on the Chicago Fire. Rumor has it, I have a silver wins this game gets uh, gets Drogba. <laughs> is that the match? That that's the what match? I've heard, man. That is the rumor going on the street. This is the blind draw derby, right? Is that what this is? I think that's what it is. Whoever wins this gets Drogba. I, th- I think that's what it's gonna come down to. Uh, if only that were true, <laughs> <laughs> then it then it might be actually an entertaining game to watch. But um, failing that, uh, this is not going to be a pretty one. Nope, not at all. I mean, look, New England did get a win, which is good for them. They stopped the bleeding after losing five in a row. But they, they, New England still has some work to do. Well, never mind. And by the way, never mind Drogba. You can call this the Jermaine Jones Derby, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Jermaine Jones is supposed to go to Chicago, and but yeah, I mean, if you're if you're if you're Chicago, and I think I said this last show, but yeah, if you're Chicago. After what happened with the Jermaine Jones fiasco, to have Montreal essentially tamper with Drogba when you already were in negotiations with him, and now reportedly the you know Chicago's offer has gone up, and part of the reason I'm sure it had to go up was because Montreal probably was throwing up a bigger number. Uh, as far as I know, talking to my sources, the the fire had made what was supposed to be the league's final offer a week ago, and now suddenly that final offer is no longer the final offer. Now they're offering more to get Drogba. Uh, to Chicago, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it happens because he having Drogba in the league, I think, would be a good thing. Uh, but as far as this game, I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think I tell you what, man, I think New England, uh, Jermaine Jones is going to travel with them. Hopefully, he can get on the field. I think things are going to start to slowly turn around for New England. They got the win last week, and I think they're going to, I think they're going to win, a, win on the road here. I think it's going to be a little surprising win in, in Chicago. And then the final game. L.A. taking on Houston. The Galaxy roster is so stacked, Davis. Oh my gosh, they're so good. When Dan Gargan, <laughs> you got Dan. Gar- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it, this is gonna be ugly, man. This is Tyler Derrick. Better put on a helmet and some shoulder pads because he's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be a long night, man. He's gonna put some put some Tempur-Pedic uh, mattresses in the goal mouth because he's gonna be jumping, diving a lot, and, and futilely trying to you know swat away fifty shots from the galaxy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, galaxy, man, they're gonna roll in this one. I can't I can't see it going any other way. And before we move on and talk U.S. Open Cup, quarterfinals games were held this past week. We want to remind everyone that you can get 10% off when you're looking for soccer gear. If you go to SoccerLoco.com, enter an SBI 10 at the cart window, 10% off. You need new cleats, Nikes, Adidas, Under Armour, Puma. Soccer Loco is the place to go. Same with replica jerseys, bag, t-shirts, scarves, everything you need. SoccerLoco.com, 10% off. Enter an SBI 10. Yes. By the way, yeah, but funny you mentioned... Under Armour. Now, maybe I've just been asleep here, but I mean, I know Under Armour's been around a while, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like Under Armour's blowing up, man. I, they s- are? I feel like these recent trips that I've been on, I see Under Armour everywhere, man. I gotta start. I gotta start trying that a little bit of Under Armour. I wear I, uh, I, I wear Under Armour uh, Under Armour cleats when I play when I play my soccer games here in town. Interesting. I, I love mean, my I'm cleats. Knight- I was I was Adidas the whole way, man. Until someone gave me Under Armour, and I love my Under Armour cleats. Well, I'm generally a Nike guy when it comes to kicks. However, you know, the, I do have Adidas cleats, so if I ever get coaxed into playing some soccer, I have Adidas cleats. The fine folks at Adidas uh, hooked me up a while back. I got cleats, but uh, Under Armour, I gotta try. I gotta check that out. I've yeah. never, I've never had any Under Armour stuff, so I have nothing. Um, look, I like the Under Armour brand, man. It's kind of cool. It's different. 
Nice. I'd have uh, to go check out uh, Soccer yeah. Locals inventory. Yeah. They, no, like I said, I, I wear Under Armour cleats. I can vouch. I love them. I have no issues with them. They're pretty clean looking. Um, Ibis, the 2015 U.S. Open Cup is now down to the semifinals. Before earlier this week, we had the quarterfinals, and you had a, a couple games. You had New York Red Bulls. They lost to the Philadelphia Union on penalties, and that's after Lloyd Sam saved them in stoppage time. And, uh, I mean, look, Philadelphia, I have back-to-back years, taking the Open Cup seriously. Maybe this is the year for them. Hey, uh, it, it's great, man. Great story. Biggest win in their club's history. And people, I know people are going to be like, wait a minute, why is that the biggest win? They've been to the Open Cup final before. Well, I think when you go to the on the road and you and you play in, in one of your rivals' stadiums and you win in PKs there, I think that's pretty big. And especially after all the drama about the scheduling of the match, for those who missed it, they, they, you know, the Red Bull squeezed the game into a 4 p.m. window before another friendly at Red Bull Arena. There was like hardly anybody there. Obviously, Union fans took the trip, took the bus up, took a big, big car- caravan of uh, of Union fans to make the trip up. But it, I did think it was kind of funny that you know they so they losing Red Bulls losing penalties, and the two players who miss were the two English guys. And I mean, I'm not one to perpetuate stereotypes. <laughs> Yeah, I think, but pretty, you are. <laughs> but that's pretty bad. I'm just saying. It's kind of, you know, it's a little coincidence. So note to self, if you're taking penalties, don't let the English guys take your penalties. Um, in the other games, you had Sporting Kansas City that steamrolled Houston Dynamo, who went down a man and couldn't really recover after that. Yes, they did score the opening goal from Will Bruin, but then Sporting Kansas City just cl- you know, closed them out at the end of the match. KC, man. Talk about the year they're having. I, don't, I, I, still, I feel like people are not taking them seriously, not talking enough about them. I've been talking them up since before the season. I said, "Hey, this could be the surprise of the West," and they're on that way. And and they're and they're making moves, man. By Amobi Akugo picking him up, and and as I mentioned on Twitter a while back, uh, shortly after that Akugo trade, uh, my sources tell me that the, that Sporting KC is not done making moves. They're looking at a couple a couple more pieces, including apparently a high uh, a high priced winger, uh, a, a, a player who could be an impact winger for them. So if they if they had a couple more pieces, man, you know they they uh, for all everyone's got a winger. Are they get... bringing in Gervinho? Gervinho, no. <laughs> uh, LA Galaxy. Everybody's handing LA Galaxy the title, MLS Cup. But I tell you what, man, Kansas City. I think they're gonna have something to say about that. Uh, in the final game, Chicago Fire they defeated Orlando City three to one, and um, I mean you could definitely say Chicago's a surprise team right now, man. That they are. They are only two wins away from the CONCACAF Champions League. Amazing. Being the new Montreal. <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing. But, yeah, you make some serious money, though. Anyways, point is, the semifinals of the uh, Open Cup is here. The games will be played on August 12th. The uh, Philadelphia playing host to the Chicago Fire and Sporting Kansas City playing host to Real Salt Lake. I know we didn't talk about them, but they won the previous weekend, so two weeks ago, against LA Galaxy 1-0. to In games that don't mean anything but do mean everything, the New York Red Bulls, I was defeated Chelsea. Can you believe it? The world can finally move on. <laughs> hey, it's only a friendly. <laughs> no one's going to get too crazy. However, it's still kind of cool that you had a rookie, Sean Davis, score two goals. A kid mm-hmm. who I've been talking up all season. Uh, a player who, for my money, is good enough to start on a lot of teams. But obviously, the Red Bulls are pretty packed in the midfield. I think by the end of by by this off season they might have to make a trade or something to make room for this kid because he is a player. Uh, and then how about Tyler Adams, sixteen year old, uh, you know, under seventeen fullback, 
part of their, you know, an academy product for the Red Bulls. He's actually signed to Red Bulls 2. He plays for Red Bulls 2. And he scores against Chelsea. Imagine being a 16-year-old scoring against Chelsea. I mean, come on, folks. That's that's pretty crazy. It is. It's not like it's not like Chelsea put out like a, a you know whatever roster. We don't care about this match. I mean, Chelsea Chelsea had some other had some other guys who'll be starting this year playing for them. They had they, hey listen man they had big names out there and they they might have been holding you know pina coladas with little <laughs> little, little uh, you know umbrellas on them uh, as they were like running around in flip flops during the game. But still, it, 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 it's, it's cool. It's a cool thing. We know they're early in preseason, so I think everyone knows this by now. I don't think we even have to explain this anymore, hopefully, so people don't get too crazy about the results of this game. At the end of the day, it's for the fans to see their their favorite players in person, and it's also a chance for some young, you know, for some players, to MLS players, to play against these European guys. That's about it, man. doesn't mean anything. But it means everything because New York Red Bulls are number one now. And the standings, LA Galaxy are number two, Ivis. Two MLS teams, top of the table. Yeah, and don't forget about Timbers 2. I think Timbers 2 beat Newcastle or something like crazy like that. So uh, it just shows you, man, MLS is already better than the Premier League. <laughs> Take that. Take that, Euro snobs. <laughs> I'm just totally kidding. I'm totally no, kidding. No, you're not. You're 100% I'm sure that, serious. Don't that lie. Sound bite, that soundbite's going to make it onto, the, onto Twitter. Don't lie. You're serious. Come on. Board. You're serious, Ivis. No, yeah, right. Okay, settle down. MLS is mid, is in the is like mid-table league championship. I'll put him at uh, yeah, the Galaxy upper table league championship. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Galaxy roster's so good. Uh, uh, I know. Okay. <laughs> hey, come on. Dan Gargan should be in the Premier League. He, he should be. That guy doesn't get enough respect. He's really all-star team. Uh, all right, Davis. We're going to end the show under an hour here. I cannot believe it. We're at 58 minutes, so you have 30 seconds to say whatever you want before I let you go. It's all Jurgen Klinsmann's fault. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I spent enough time ranting about that. Uh, no, but you know what? It, it's yeah. I know a lot of U.S. fans are unhappy, sad, dejected. But you know what? The show goes on. The U.S. will have a chance to regroup. There's a couple of great friendlies coming up in September. And I, I, I implore you guys, wherever the playoff game is, the, the Confederations Cup playing game is, find a way to get there, find a way to get tickets, and find a way to keep the tickets away from the opposing team's fans, whoever they may be, whoever they may be, <coughs> cough, Mexico, cough, okay? Keep the tickets away, get the tickets yourself. Let's get a stadium full of American fans for that game. Very well said. I couldn't say it any better. All right, Ivis, I'll let you go. You have a good weekend. And uh, and I'll chat with you later. Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the reviews, the comments. Give us some reviews on iTunes. We'd appreciate that. That is Ivis Galarsep. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBS Show.